I've had um, the privilege in my life to have a number of mothers. My mother that birthed me, the mother that kind of took over when I was about 12 years old, and then my wife's mother. And I've been truly honored and blessed, actually didn't deserve it, to have three really awesome women in my life to input and really to, to love me and to be there for me. One of them left and went on and is in the presence of God. She passed on December the 12th. I think it was December the 12th, something like that. And uh, this Mother's Day, you know, you start, you, you don't think, you, you think about things at, at special times. You, you think about relationships that you've had with people. And, you know, you rejoice and you thank God for where people are at, especially when they know God and, they, and you know that they're in a better place and, and especially when there was some suffering involved in the last few months and things that she went through and all that. But it's, it's the times when you think about, you know, just wanting to call her and wish her a happy Mother's Day. And the, there, was, there was something that I used to send her at Mother's Day was a Harry and David little, she didn't want the fruit, she wanted the cookies, <clears throat> you know. But I used to send her something, and, and most of the time when I sent it, and I didn't send it every year, but most of the time that I sent it, I would pick it out. And I can hear her voice today, she always called me Birdie. And I can hear her voice, and she loved the cookies, but she also liked the little thing that they came in. And I, and, and, and I, I, when, I when I go back, to, back home, when I would go back home, I would see those little tins, and they'd have something in them, you know, and she'd keep them. And, and, it, and, it, and it meant something to her because I thought about it. And she knew it wasn't just something that my wife picked out, even though there were a number of gifts through the years that my wife picked out. And had she not picked them out, I wouldn't have sent them. You know, she wouldn't have got a gift, you know. So I'm not, don't, I'm not patting myself on the back. You understand what I'm saying? I'm just saying there's something about missing those times that you don't have with people, you know. But, you know, life is full of things that could be sorrow and Jesus paid for our sorrow, you know? And so we can't allow ourselves to stay there and focus on that or it'll pull you down. God intended us to have a thankful heart and to live our lives, as we talked about last Sunday, framing our world. I told you last Sunday that in the last few years I've, I've separated about five messages that I've taught over the last 25 years, and 
I preach these messages at, at least one, once a year. And, and when I travel or I go to the places and preach, I'll preach these messages also. But here in this body, I'll preach these. And this, this message that God gave me a number of years back that we did a series on, on framing your world, I just I shared with you this last um, Sunday, the first message. And I just have a little piece that I want to add to this service today. And we can live our lives controlled by our emotions, or we can control our emotions by our words. Proverbs says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. And, and, and these two statements are, they're not, they're not bold, they're truth, but you have to think about these two statements that I'm giving you right here. When it says life and death is in the power of the tongue, what it didn't say was that life and death is in the hands of the devil. But what it also didn't say was that life and death are in the hands of God. Think about that for a minute. I made this statement to you last week. God isn't running the world. He's running you. When you read scripture from Genesis to Revelation and all the scripture that talks about heaven and what heaven is like, it's nothing like what's going on in the world today. Because God's running heaven. But Psalm 115 says that he's given the earth to the sons of men. God created the worlds by the spoken word, not out of things that you can see, but he saw nothing and he said light be and light was. In Hebrews 11 it says the worlds were framed that way, where, where my world that I live in if it's framed in things that I make up, then that's the fruit that I'm going to live in. But if I live my life in the words that God established in this book, and I let my mouth control and frame my world, then I will fulfill and walk out the plan that God has in the earth. So when you make a statement that God is not running or in control of the earth, he's, in, he's, he's desiring to run and be in control of us. So that led by the Holy Spirit in a life and a world individually that is framed by the word of God, that we will control the earth the way he wants it controlled. Life and death is not in the power or in the hands of the devil. And life and death, for your, where your life is concerned, is not in the hands of God. Life and death is in the power of what you say. The outcome of your life is a result of what you're framing. Something else this morning I wrote down.
what I say, what I say in a situation that I face on a day-to-day basis, what comes out of my mouth ultimately, indirectly, affects the whole world. How I respond to situations affects the whole world. Now, I'm just going to use a few examples, and I want to throw this out here, and I want you to think about this. Today is Mother's Day, and um, my, just use my, my mother that birthed me. I've never one time in all my life that I can remember, ever remember my birth mother ever saying anything negative to me or about me. Ever. And so, when I go in her presence, some people could say almost to a fault, she thinks I'm it. I can say, wow, what a great day, and she'll just laugh. (laughs) Oh, that's so funny, Bert. (laughs) And I'll say things that, you know, other people wouldn't laugh at, but she'll laugh at and really think it's funny. And so, what will happen is I'll get around here and I'll get on a roll. <laughs> and see, what we as, we, were, as we were dedicating my great niece today, the words that her parents and the people that are in her life, the words that are spoken over her frame her life at this age. I can remember, isn't it amazing how you can remember the negative things that people say about you? I can remember a guy telling me one time that I would never, I mean, he said a few other things, but he, he told me I was about nine years old and he said I'd never amount to anything. Still remember the guy. He was a big, tall, Indian background. I really liked the guy. We were good friends. He worked for my father. And he told me, he said, you'll never amount to anything. And all my growing up, those words were there because his words in somebody that I respected and honored and liked, I liked being around the guy, that guy's words framed something in me. And I carried that frame with me. The things, the picture frames that you have of people that, you are, dear, that are dear to you, you keep them close to you. Maybe 
you know, on a nightstand or some, something in your living room where you can see them all the time because they're dear to you. What happens is negative words and confessions like that ultimately can affect the outcome of many people's lives. Now, I'm just using this as an example just to make my point. I'm using myself because it's the best example I have. Let's say that I never got born again. And let's say that I never made it in the ministry. And let's say that for the last 25 years, I hadn't preached the word from this pulpit because I was carrying that frame in my pocket that I'll never amount to anything. So could that affect the world? Sure. I'm not talking about the planet. I'm talking about the world. It's the people. So how many lives have been affected by what I've preached? Thank you. One. <laughs> no. <laughs> See? We changed the world. Glory to God. One. Come on. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, okay? There's, you, you, but but here, here's the thing. I, I was going to say something, but no, I'm, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to say, and then I retract this. There's thousands of people that have won more people to God than me. But it doesn't matter. See, because Jeremiah 29, 11 says what? God had a plan for my life. What I've been learning is how to, through over the last 37 years of my life, I've been learning how to frame that and keep those frames with me. I know who I am. I know where I'm going. I know what I'm on this planet for. I know why I'm here, but I also know why I'm not here. I'm not here to do this thing or that thing or this or that or this or that and all these other things. No, I'm called to do what I'm doing. You see? I'm just talking about myself, but, I'm, but I'm, now I'm relating that to you. What you say every day out of your mouth, what you say over people, over your children, over your grandchildren, what you say in, in an emotional situation that wants to frame your day will determine the outcome of your day. It will determine the outcome of your day it can determine the outcome of your future and your life. I'll tell you what this. God made an amazing thing when he made the human being. We live in this body. We have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions. And we have a spirit that if we get born again, that spirit is ignited and comes alive. And the Holy Spirit and my spirit are made one. So given the opportunity and the, and, and, and the ability in life to channel what heaven thinks about life through my spirit to my mind, my will, and emotions and affect the world. Again, God is not ruling this mess on planet earth. God's here to rule you and I. Jesus didn't die for the planet. He didn't die for the system. He died for you and me. 
God so loved Burt Wimberley. God so loved you. That, you know, they weren't scrambling around and trying to find an angel with a broken wing or some kind of thing or something left in the corner or some mangy, you know, little ratty looking, you know, barely grown up looking lamb or something that they were going to sacrifice for humanity. They found the best. God looked at his son, found the best of heaven, and he said, I'm giving this. And I'm giving it for me. Put your finger in your chest and say, me. If you were it, if it was just you, he'd have done it. It says the joy that was set before him, Jesus, he endured the cross. He despised all the shame so that you and I could be liberated and free. But what are we free for? We're free so that we can frame a world for us to live in so that other people can come into that world. Amen? So that other people... I mean, I mean, there's how many billions on planet Earth today? Is there like three and a half, four, five, six? I don't know. Seven now? God, it's growing by a billion a year now. No. Um, I mean, there's a bunch of billions of people. Have you ever thought about how many people are a billion people? And how many of those billion people that on this planet that you'll never know, but they're alive? And there may be something that you do in framing your world and making changes in your world that affects somebody that you never know. Look at these two verses. Matthew 7 and verse 24. This is, this isn't the, the Great Commission, but it's one of the 900 and some odd commissions in the Bible. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine, and he does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. And it did not fall. Why? Because it was founded on the rock. What rock? The rock of revelation of who God is. But everyone who hears these things, hears the word of God, and doesn't do them, is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand when he could have built it on a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on the house and it fell and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. I'm telling you today, people 
should be astonished with you and my lives. People should be astonished with the way that we're building our lives, that we're framing our worlds, that we're hearing the Word of God and doing something with it and changing the world. One person at a time. God's not ruling the planet. He's wanting to rule you and I, and it's a choice on our behalf. He won't, make, he won't force himself on it. See, that's why, that's why life and death, I'm not, and, and the word death there is not ceasing to exist, but living in life or living in a destructive mode in, on planet Earth is in the power of what you're framing. And if we're framing our world and building our house on a rock by doing what we say, when the storms come. See, we're not, we're not storm, we're not storm free people. We're storm proof people. See, because the storm came to both houses. And you know, there's been some, there's been some sandy rooms in my house that we've had to come in and lay some solid foundation in. (laughs) And then, and then sweep the sand out. <laughs> you, you know, I, I don't want even any traces of sand. I want it all out. And I want it strong, day to day. And, and, and listen, building your house on the rock is the most difficult and time-consuming thing that you'll ever do. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it. We'd already made a multi-level marketing situation out of it, and people would be, would be, people would be gaining in life by just going through the motions of something that was easy. It's not easy. It's rewarding. It's fulfilling. It produces the will and the plan that he had for you before you were even thought about, but it takes a lot of work. And it takes a lot of dedication. And, and, you know, those are kind of ugly words sometimes. They say, well, you know, Pastor, don't put that heavy. I'm not putting anything on you. It's a choice. And you just choose it a day at a time. Actually, I found out, you know, in the last few years, I finally got a little smarter than I was. But I found out that it actually it happens just from situation to situation. If I'm, if I'm in a... If I'm, normally a kind of person that overreacts when somebody cuts me off in traffic. Part of what's going to change the world is, you know, me not giving somebody that cut me off in traffic the finger. You think that's affecting people in a negative way? Especially if they know I'm the pastor of the church. Right? That's not real, you know, it's not real good. I mean, it doesn't look real good. So, so, I, I had to learn, you know, after, you know, my wife threatened not to ride with me anymore, you know, when I'd pull up beside of people and kind of give them a stare, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not throwing anybody a bird or whatever, you know, but at least, you know, I'm driving up and I'm letting them know I know what they did. <laughs> Might be better just to throw them a bird, you know, and go on, I mean, you know, than to come up beside them and look like that, right, you know, I mean, doing all that mess. But I've, I've had to learn, I've had to learn, number one, I want my wife to ride with me. But number two, I've learned that if I learn to practice that and, and, I, and I overcome that, 
You, you, you might think it's a little thing, but it's kind of like moving a mound of rocks one stone at a time. Well, we just moved one stone. It doesn't look like nothing. Yeah, it doesn't. But if you do that every day and you do it multiple times a day and you make changes in situations where you, you reacted one way and you learned to react another way, you, you, you choose to be unlovely in, in, a, in an unlovely situation, you choose to give in to that, and then you make the ch changes and the choices not to give in to that, it's amazing over time how it, it cleans up your whole life. And then you know what happens? People look at you and they're astonished. How could this person not be moved? And a lot of times you don't think people notice. But if you're born again and you show any signs of Christian-like attitude, people are watching every single thing you do. And you know how you know that? When they tell you, well, I don't know if Christians act like that. <laughs> and you shouldn't be discouraged by those kind of things. You shouldn't be discouraged by that. You should say, you know what? You're right. That's exactly right. I shouldn't have been that way. So agree with your adversary and then make the change. Huh? Amen. Agree. Yeah, you're right. Now make the change. Man, listen, we live in a win-win situation if we realize that God put us in control and he gave us the Holy Ghost. He gave us all of heaven. He gave us his word. And he gave us the ability to make the difference on planet earth. And if we'll do what he says then what he wants on planet earth will be manifested. And we're changing the world, each one of us, one person at a time. The group of people sitting in here today can change the planet if we change ourselves. If we hear the word and we meditate on it and we do something with it, we can change the whole planet. Because then we become these people that demonstrate Christ's likeness and demonstrate who God is. God has a plan. 